You're listening to The Lowdown, a podcast inspired by the creative people in the bass making community. I'm Frankie. I'll be sitting down with bass makers to explore what drives them creatively and to find out what challenges they face in the business of bass. Let's find out what it's all about. Let's get The Lowdown. Hey, welcome again to The Lowdown. As usual, Eric and I are here, and today we are very pleased to have our guest, as our guest, Mark Ryan. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Mark. We've been looking at some of your stuff, and it's pretty incredible. To be here. We were, we were looking at some of your, your instruments, and uh, if you'd like, I mean, maybe you can tell us how you got your start and, and, and that sort of thing. I mean, you make some really sure. beautiful stuff. Um, so I started 10 or 12 years ago. Um, living in a third floor apartment in Boulder and started seeing some friends of mine that more extended range bass, but just kind of seeing the laminations in the neck and some of the wood choices they were using and things like that. And just kind of wondered if I could do it. Um, located a couple places in Denver that were, uh, they carried exotic woods and went out there with the intention of buying enough to build one guitar and completely overestimated what I would need. And by the time I got home, I had enough to do two bases and then probably another neck worth of wood. It's, um, it's really hard to stop buying wood, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. some of it when, when you find somebody who can get the real crazy stuff, Yeah, that's when it gets really hard to wood, put the wall away. Store it. It's, yeah <laughs> that's the big part it like takes up so much space too luckily i had a, a pretty good size apartment and um it was technically a three bedroom but the third bedroom was essentially a studio without a, a kitchen and had an in-unit dry sauna that wasn't functioning so that was my storage room for all my wood and some of my shop stuff um set up a workbench back there and that just became my shop cool um and then luckily had another guy um, or met a guy that ran a, a wood shop that he was able to do, I would basically get everything home and mark everything up how I wanted it, take it to him. He would do all the planing and joining, give it back to me in blanks. Mm -hmm. I'd get it all laminated together, take that back to him so he could actually get the billets done for me to well, piece everything together. Well, um, but then after that, I'm looking at, you know, all the other tools that were needed that I did not have room for and or money for. Um, so I did not have a, a bandsaw. So everything initially was done coping saw or just rough handsaw. Um, did not have a drill press, but I did have the attachment that you hook onto your corded drill or whatever. And um, so I've got... I, was actually going to send you some of those pictures too of just kind of how crude it was in the beginning because I would draw the profile of the neck on the side of the billet and then drill 60 or so holes down one side but it wasn't deep enough to go through the billet so I had to flip it over and do the other side and then connect the dots with a coping saw and then rasp it all smooth and it was just wow. really crude any any routing was done with a dremel and a, a routing bit and yep well, I mean, seriously, it makes everything that you've you've done here like even that much more impressive because Absolutely. you know you would just assume that you know you had a whole shop full of 
full of tools and not to mention you know being being in an apartment like that not even just the room situation but like the noise you know did you have to like kind of plan like like oh geez like i run this now i'm not gonna upset it would this be person during the days yeah yeah, yeah. that's during the day when no one's home yeah during thunderstorms you know <laughs> <laughs> i did find out though my that back that back piece of the apartment was actually on building power so my power bill never fluctuated at all so <laughs> Ooh, hey bonus was a win. but yeah other than that it was files and rasps and yeah it was brutal and it didn't help that i picked three of the hardest woods on the planet to start with either um the the first so the first two that i built Wenge probably is one of them i'm assuming um there's the one that is all wenge and paduke <laughs> yeah. um that's and then i did another one that was purple heart back with a babinga center and a mahogany top and then the neck was purple heart and babinga and all of that i mean you're hitting it with you know rasps that are just bouncing off the wood because they're not making they're not well, doing anything well then wenge can just like come off in like erratic chunks sometimes too depending on you know how, how like how sharp your knives are and that sort of thing like you know, even on on joiners and that sort of thing it's just it's, it's it, it can be a nightmare you know yeah, so the, the purple heart and the bloodwood that stuff sands finer than flour and it didn't matter what i had on for a respirator i was still oh yeah breathing dust um and then wenge actually is double if you get a, a splinter with wenge it actually is double-sided so it'll hurt coming out just as much as it oh, goes yeah. going in like 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 little little like uh, harpoons basically yeah, <laughs> yeah fun times and the, <laughs> and the dust from that actually can cause poisoning which i found out because i ended up having like a surface surface rash for a month after i got it on my neck that can oh, happen wow. with coca bolo too uh yeah like a friend who like didn't realize that and ended up having like some respiratory stuff mm -hmm. working with coca bolo yeah. a little bit you know a little respiratory infection kind of came and went fun times yeah the pitfalls that most people just don't think about you know like no poisonous wood <laughs> you know <laughs> things you weren't yeah the things yeah. You it weren't. looks pretty though oh it sure does yeah. i mean it, yeah. and, and that's the thing i mean it, it i mean i know for me like I, I grew up with a grandfather who was a woodworker you know and uh, so i was always like around his workshop and there's just you know wood is just so beautiful that you just want to make something with it you know so i i mean that's why like in some you know there's other materials out there like you know things like carbon fiber and you know that sort of thing but and it's it's cool in its own right but i just i personally i can't imagine it being nearly as satisfying as just like you know dealing with a block of wood you know it's just especially like like the, like roasted maple now i mean it's like it's like working with like you know maple syrup you know it's just a wonderful smelling thing and it's just you know beautiful what was, you know? what was fun for me was trying to trying to see below my cut and mm -hmm. sometimes when you're looking at the grain, I mean, you can picture what that thing's going to do as you're as you yeah. you know flatten it out more. Um, I love that every piece is different, um, especially when you get into the real figured stuff or the the crazier woods. Um, you know what? Even just a a natural versus a honey of a a stain will do to a natural wood. Oh, yeah, and how that pops it. Um, I have one that I sent you that was a white hackberry um, five string and the guy that I built it for wanted it green and I felt so wrong dyeing oh. that green 
it looked good, but at the same time, it, the Hackberry wasn't really the way Hackberry was or is. It just it kind of splotched a little bit. Yeah, but it, it but looks great though. It, does, it, does look it great. pops with the white when it was just the white though. It was just so cool looking. So, so it's kind of like the uh, the the green sort of uh, ended up like suppressing some of like the the natural light by like took some of the depth away to a degree. But they wanted something that was money, so. That they, they want what they want absolutely <laughs> you're paying i'll make whatever you want yeah. as long as it makes sense yeah yeah i, I mean i i i've i i definitely have a wood hoarding problem i mean it's a you know, point like i i haven't i haven't like really been in the workshop very much like uh, since like even like 2015 and again with covid happening it's been hard like uh, my, my friend who i you know i get to use his workshop and and uh so distancing's been made it kind of difficult but i mean i just keep buying wood you know even though i know i'm going to get to it sometime but you know just yeah. like you get the look at these like you know faces in or whatever and you just want to you know get them wet and look at them and it's just like some of them are just so beautiful you can just like look at at them and just kind of like gaze into them and it's like you're looking into like another dimension you know sometimes uh they're just gorgeous just love it yeah the babingo, the babingo centered one I did. I I wished I wouldn't have laid that one out that way because that babingo was actually really figured, and then it's kind of you can only really see it a little bit on the guitar. So yeah, but of, living to learn. Yeah, you, you again, you just really you don't you don't always know what it's going to be like until you so lay it out. So. So that was that was number one. Yeah, wow. and so this is number one. Impressive and, number one, man. Wow. Yeah, and you, you, uh, you, you've come a long way, right? I mean, there's you, know, you sent a whole bunch of photos over, and we were sort of flipping through them before the uh, before the episode, and we hopped on. But you know, there's a, you know, there's a, it's an amazing sort of like progression, right? Um, you you want to talk through some of these? Sure. So this one was uh, I always loved the look of a warrior um yeah obviously couldn't afford one at the time um took a photo of one and a projector and put it on my wall on mm -hmm. you know shot it onto some onto some paper mm -hmm. and essentially just kind of rough measured it until it looked about the right size and then essentially cut my paper apart and made my templates that i needed to off of that that's amazing um but this was, like I said, it was all, you know, clamp it to a bench and start hitting it with a file and, and go. If, but if that one's could. a purple heart, purple heart, walnut neck, and then the bodies Wenge with Paduke. Gorgeous. Those so, are all, all so how long did it take, take you to, like, from start to finish? Probably 150 hours. That's pretty cool. Which is pretty damn impressive, considering you had to like you know use it, use a drill that could even make it all the way through the blank that's, and then that's what both I'm sides saying. and then coping yeah. saw <laughs> and filing. I'm just imagining all that. It's, it's it was amazing. 150 you're... coping blades. I mean, it was. It's amazing you have yeah, any joints number... left that still work in your hands and wrists and elbows <laughs> at this point. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, when I got these done, it, I I had Gorgeous. issues with my hands and for hands and forearms for probably a couple of weeks, but. Hmm. Um, this was another one I was building side by side. Um, so this is the one that's the Babinga center, the, the whole back of its purple heart though. Beautiful. Um, but there, you know, and you 
realize when you're doing a, especially like a bridge like that, um, you know, that that wood isn't as forgiving as a maple or, um, you know, something, something like that. So you, you drill your normal size hole that you think you're going to need and you get that screw halfway in and it just breaks right off. And so this one probably had five, five screw extracts under that bridge. It's crazy. The, the, the cool thing yeah. is though, it's like only, only, you know, that, which is, which is nice. You yeah. Can, yeah. You yeah. get past it. You know, that that's, that's some of it too. It's just, uh, you know, we, yeah, it's sort of been a common theme. I think for anybody yeah. who's been on this, you know, you know, the different episodes is there's always sort of the part of the art is knowing that you've, you sort of messed up somewhere but you're able to make that correction yeah you know yeah. and then and then sort of pull it through on the other side where it's like finished and you know nobody knows it but you well, and so when these got when i finally did get these done um you know it, it's like i said not having not having the, the tools to make you know to make this easier on myself mm -hmm. um not having ever done anything like this before and then yeah and then you know you realize oh i picked the hardest woods to try and work with and it still came out clean yeah. uh huge sense of accomplishment i mean yeah yeah they both played um so that this lacewood one here is version two of the the paduguenge one so this one i learned my lesson on it um so maple, walnut neck, and then mahogany and Australian lacewood body. It's it's too bad you didn't pick some some nice looking maple to use. You just went with a plain looking maple. That's a, a real shame. It has some tiger. It has some flame in it. No, I'm, I'm just joking. It's beautiful <laughs> flame. So lots of flame. I'm a little uh, that, this, is, this one here, that, that one there, um, it had, I did do another revision on it. I ended up changing the, the front pickup on it um, to a humbucker, but that's one that I wish I would have kept because after, you know, a few years, I was able to actually play a warrior. I actually liked that base better than I did the warrior. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, and, and to be totally honest with you, I mean, again, it, it, it's, it's photos, but if, if I couldn't see a headstock logo, you know, mm -hmm. I, I would just assume I'm looking at warriors, you know, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, that's how well made these look to me. You yeah. Know? That was, the, that's the final version of it right there. That's, that's cool. That's really cool. It's gorgeous. So, uh, we, we talked a little bit about like sort of what got you started. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a, there's sort of a leap that you have to make right from, you know, playing. And then, you know, like we talk to a lot of people, I think every day where, you know, and especially Frankie does where, you know, you, you have people that we're, that we're talking to that, that, really have just like sort of felt inspired by somebody's build or you know they're looking at different designs and they're like i think i can do that right but there's a huge sort of chasm thought chasm you know between being there like i think i can do that and actually going out and doing it so what what sort of got you over that hump um so I will say the, the two the two bases that I think inspired me the most, and I'm gonna probably butcher both of their names because they you know just um, 
but uh, Gene Bodine had a nine string Pac-Man Conklin. Oh, I've seen that bass. Yeah, I've seen that. That was cool. And then he had, and then he had the samurai that he got made. Um, And then a a guy in France um, was JP Bases. I think it was John, John Pierre. Um, He had some real beautiful stuff, but that, so that's kind of what sparked me into, you know, wanting to do it. Um, the other side of it is I have, uh, the way my mentality is if I'm going to try anything and I'm either going to, I'm either going to be good at it or good enough to, you know, for my own standards, or I'm going to realize that I don't want to ever do it again. Hmm, right. Um, but I'm at least going to try it hmm. and, oh, power's coming back on. Good. Um, and, th- and this was one that I, I think I had enough you know, it's so close, um, you know, or this, this piece I got almost there, but I can't really get it to where I want it without ruining it. Mm-hmm. So let's try it on the next piece and, and kind of just did it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be hard. That, that kind of what got me, you know, like, like you know, like no, knowing what you're like really being able to perceive what your limitations really are and, try, and trying to stay within those bounds, but yet still try to, to push it where you can without ruining something. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's discipline, you know, for sure. Well, it's self-awareness too, right? You know Very I mean? much. And, yeah. and, you know, I think that makes you better at most things in life, right? Is if you know where, where the boundaries are and then, and then where are the areas that you need to push or, or educate yourself on to be able to, to sort of make that, make that jump, you know, make yourself better. And, you know, this, this is cool. I mean, I, I think, that's the, you know, so when we were talking about you ahead of time, Mark, you know, that was one of the things that stuck out to me just with the emails that were going back and forth. And as, as we were maybe prepping a little bit is, you know, there are very, very few people that actually sort of make, you know, make that jump, right? Um, they'll, they'll take it to somebody down the street or, you know, somebody they know, or they'll take it to, you know, um, you know, they'll, they'll want that, you know, but then they'll, um, I, you know, not very many people actually do it. So I think, you know, anybody that's listening to this, you know, there's some inspiration that sort of comes out of that, right. Is, is the fact that, you know, you're, you're doing it, you did it, you know, mm-hmm. and the stuff looks awesome and, you know, it's possible. And, you know, it obviously it takes a lot of, spe- you know, some dedication and, and, you know, a lot of stick to right. You know, but there's, there's a, I mean, I don't know if you can describe it very easily, but, you know, the sort of fulfillment that you get on the other side of a project is just, you know, sort of second to none, right? That was my, my, I don't know if I want to say credo or whatever, but my, you know, growing up, I didn't really care how much money I made or what I was really doing. It's just at the end of the day, I wanted that sense of accomplishment. That's great. And, you know, that, that to me is worth more than anything. And it's, you know, if anything, I have a skill that I didn't have before. Um, you know, like I said, running into some of the issues that I did run into, um, you know, screw tolerances and um, where to set. I mean, they're all neck through. So trying to figure out where that, where that fretboard needed to be before I glued that body together, um, you know, things like that. And, and talking to, you know, Brian or Sola and uh, Jesse Hall, they, 
at least, you know, yes, you can do this. It's not, you know, this problem isn't unsurmountable. You know, truck through it, learn from your mistake, next one, make it better. And, you know, that, that lace one one, I don't remember anything going awry on that one. You know, granted, it's different woods and stuff, but yeah. um, learned my lesson on the first one and applied it to the second one and made it better. And then yeah. just kind of did that for everything else. So I, I think it's interesting, like this episode is different than, you know, when we're interviewing you, I, I sort of just like one of the things that I've noticed is, you know, you're not necessarily, you know, full-time business, right. Where you're trying to turn this into, you know, um, you know, a, a brand, you know, that you're going to replicate, uh, or scale up, uh, what you're doing is, is what I think the majority of our customers do, right. Which is, you know, just, you're doing this because you love it and you're doing this, you know, because there's a, you know, you're, you're just, you love seeing the final product, you know, and you know, if, if you can, if you could do that, you know, it's like sort of like time well spent. Right. Um, or you look at a, you know, you look at somebody's $8,000 base and you don't have $8,000, but Okay. Can you make one for, yeah, there's practical yeah. reasons too. Well, <laughs> you make one for a fraction of that cost. Yeah. No, there's practical, yeah, there's practical reasons too. I mean, and, but you can also like, even if you're doing that, you can make it your own, right. You put your own stamp on it. You, you know, you make it your own. Um, I mean, are you doing that? Like just, are you doing it to make money too? Or you know, like sort of on the side or, or is this like, that's a benefit, but that's not necessarily, you know, why I'm doing it. Like what's the, I originally just did it to see if I could do it. Yeah. Um, and then had enough, had a couple people, you know, hit me up and, Hey, can you build me a body or, Hey, can you, you know, do this? Or I want a five string fretless green, <laughs> you know? Um, and so it just kind of went like that. Um, uh -huh. I did have an LLC for a while. Haven't, um, decided if I'm going to fire that back up yet. Um, are these yeah, people kinda, that you knew that were approaching you or did no. they find you somewhere else? They, I just, I post a picture on a base forum or on, you know, MySpace back in, you know, 20 years MySpace. ago, back in MySpace days. Um, <laughs> and somebody would see it and hit me up okay. and just kind of went that way. Okay. Um, weird. I, had, I knew a, a buddy that had a 29 F, F model eight string mandolin and he wanted a five string e-mando ah, yeah. because he wanted to be able to solo van halen on it because that was his jam That's so cool. i've got that sitting in the back being put together here and there but it's a 18 and 5 8 scale 29 fret so i mean your finger covers five frets up at the top. It's crazy. But. You got the whole F, F style scroll and the whole bit. Yeah. And I'm, I'm no, assuming you're probably doing all that with the uh, chisels and that sort of thing. So that one I did. I that one the scroll I ended up having to do with like a, a triangle bit on a Dremel. But yeah, scrolling a solid body. Yeah. And then the the input jack actually goes into the little tail on the back end of the. I'd love to see that but, when it's done. Yeah. yeah, you definitely need to send that over just to look at it from the pictures. We can we can pop that up there on the on the blog too. I so I uh it's interesting. I, I you know, I talk to people 
um, you know, there's, there's also sort of like the raw cost of it, you know, that's, that's sort of a bot, like a, like a barrier to people, you know, getting started doing something like this. I mean, what's like, what's, what's a ballpark figure, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about like, let's say you harvest the wood yourself or you find, you know, find a good piece, you know, somewhere like, what is well, the, I can, I can tell you those first two, the first two that I did, including wood was under 1500 for everything. And that's hip shot ultralights. That's yeah. Bartolini pickups, Bartolini preamp. So you got like good electronics in there. You've got yeah. like, okay. Okay. So hip shot, hip shot brass bridges. Definitely recognize all those parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm saying somebody there. should, because they appreciate sure they came from your warehouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Funny. Yeah, I think, you know, just, just the, like anything that's under anything that's like that kind of quality that's under, you know, 1500 bucks. I mean, how do you sort of go wrong with that? Right. I well, mean, I mean, the wood, it, the wood itself was, I, I think when I went up there and like I said, I got more than two, two bases worth of wood and I don't think I spent much over 200 bucks. That's awesome. This, this is probably a question I kind of like asked everybody seemingly, uh, I think on every podcast that we do and Eric will probably agree once I ask a question, but you know, what, what that being said, you know, once you get all the materials worked out, I mean, what price do you put on your time and how do you figure mm -hmm. out, you know, what your time is worth to That's you to question. be able to put a number on that? Like uh, what's 150 hours of, especially of drilling a body blank and coping saw and, you know, everything, you know, you had to do to, uh, you be creative like that and do it with very few tools. Almost um, poisoned yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it just kind of depended, um, you know, how much, how much pain it gave me, things like that. Um, what, is, I, what is your neck skin worth, Mark? <laughs> I know, right? um, no, it, it was uh, anywhere from 12 to 17 is kind of where I landed. Um, you know, by the time it, you, you didn't make much mm. and that's the one thing I, I can say is unless you've got a shop of CNC mills and things that are, you know, duplicators and things like that, if you're hand, hand cutting everything, pretty damn hard. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to get, I mean, you'd have to get paid 10 grand to make it worth your while. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, seeing a couple of mine hanging in a you know guitar shop, guitar shop in little town in Colorado, or um, seeing that green fretless you know up on a stage in front of you know six hundred people, you know that that to me was that that's cool. Yeah, definitely. Well, I so mean, you, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so you said you had an LLC, and you said maybe I'll fire that back up. I mean, is that serving your future, or are you thinking? Right. Well, right now I'm, I ended up getting divorced last year, sold the house. So I don't really have the shop anymore. Um, so planning on getting another house this summer. I just moved to an apartment over the winter. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so kind of keeping busy just doing repairs or, you know, somebody's got a base that they haven't touched in five years and want it cleaned and yeah. set up and things like that. Um, been doing a lot of just play along videos on YouTube for COVID therapy, but um, 
So we'll see where it goes. People doing that. The the one thing I do think is, and I totally admire these guys, but there's a, a group on Facebook for small base builders, um, and these guys do some layering that I have to sit there and look at for an hour just to try and figure out how they glued everything together to make it layer the way they did. Oh, wow. I'll have to check that out. <clears throat> You've got layering as the, you know, as the neck's getting cut, you've got step layering in there, but then you've also got pins going and amazes me what these guys are doing. So if I, if I do fire it back up, it's going to be, you know, probably the stuff like you see there where it's just kind of more of the simple stuff for now, mm -hmm. or I'm going to have to really step up the layering game. <laughs> it's part of the fun of it though right especially especially like you were saying like you know the customer comes to you they want a certain thing you know yeah. so so now you have to you know kind of figure out what that is and agree on it and now you got to figure out how it's going to be constructed and what it's going to be constructed of and, and you have to kind of work out a game plan you know and or you have a it's mindset it's of your sense of accomplishment wins all okay well that's a, that's like an accomplishment so get after it yeah, I mean, I think if you have anything in this this life that uh, is hard to do, and it's a cha and it challenges you, and you actually find yourself like, you know, doing well at it, you want to do it again. That's yeah. really saying something, you know, for that concern. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. So my, lately, it's just been I wanted a, you know, wanted a Rickenbacker. Haven't had or didn't want to spend the money on a Rickenbacker, so I just made my own clone um did a a jaguar a white jaguar base to match a hagstrom that i have so i have like kind of a matching ghost set for this little ghost thing that i'm doing um yeah like i said just kind of doing repairs here and there like, you know if somebody needs something done i'm the guy they call to <laughs> take their stuff to to get it fixed who are you gonna call mark ryan yeah exactly um, which is sometimes a blessing and sometimes a curse. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I probably will once I get back. I'm, st I still haven't, you know, gotten rid of any of my templates and everything's still sitting nice and neat and ready to go. I'm actually doing a, a wanted to do kind of a tribute base to '70s jazz, so I've got a satin avocado green jazz base I'm building that's going to be a vintage neck and a vintage neck and a double pick or a double j bridge cool um but yeah just white white inlays on a maple neck and nice like that color green that your grandma's fridge was that's that's awesome yeah, i know exactly you know but you say that and i know exactly what that like i have that picture well, yeah you had avocado green you had um was it sun sunset orange i think is what they called it and then there was the yellow yep yeah, that's awesome. Upperware colors. God, we had a fridge that was, it was like this, it was like almost like a two-tone brown sunburst, but it was just brown, you know, it was just like two different kinds of brown, you know, it was just kind of like, I don't know who came up with the idea of like, hey, let's, let's fade some brown color. That'll be great. You know, it's just, you know, it wasn't, wasn't good. Awesome. Give me the avocado green, right? I remember, I remember <laughs> seeing station wagons with two-tone Oh, the fake wood. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Like the Griswold station wagon, like you know, green and the fake wood and two tones of fake wood usually. Yeah. Kind of going back to what we were talking about, you know, about looking at wood too, is, you know, the, the even the body shape and the style of base 
you know, I think you look at the wood and, you know, yeah, this should be more of a exotic, modern looking base, you know, or maybe you want a pea base that's completely burled, you know, a burled walnut or something like that. And nobody's making one because they're all making ash or, you know, all their bodies. And it's like, okay, we'll make your own pea base. But um, yeah, like I said, some of them, you can look at them and just be like, okay, that's, that's a good kind of straightforward P base, J base style, mm. or, oh, this one should be something crazy, you know? Well, totally. It's, it's like the, you know, the, the lines of, of, of the wood, it kind of, uh, it, ha it has to be something that's going to be, uh, kind of work in concert with the lines of the base itself. You know, if, if, you know, obviously if it has a certain motion to it, I mean, if I'm, you know, that's, that's how I kind of see it. Like you almost like see the wood and you, and you, you kind of get an idea of what's going to work with it right, right away. Uh, or like, it's so beautiful. I want to make this like as, as big as I can. So I want to use all the wood, you know, like, you know, they don't want to lose any of it. You know, it's going to be, you know, that sort of thing. But you yeah. do get to, you get, do get to play your own, your own chef, so to speak. So I had, yeah, very much the uh, way of it. had a really heavy figured Coca-Cola fretboard and I was going to use it on the base it was I'm gonna put it on a base but by when i laid it up there just for mock-up it there was so much figuring in the body that i almost thought it took away from the body or it, it made it too it made it too much too busy. Yeah. yeah yeah and so when i had one that was at a pal ferro board that was close to the same tone that i wanted but didn't have as much it didn't have as much grain in it so to speak um ended up using that and i was glad i did but yeah, it, that's kind of the nice thing about it is you, know, you go to a go to a wood store and they've got, you know, the, here's your big section of Purple Heart and you just spend a couple hours going through each board trying to find that one set of two foot grain that is going to be perfect for your body. Yeah, there's, there's, there's worse ways to spend a Saturday afternoon than at the hardwood store. <laughs> that's safe to say. So bring Especially your clothes. They want to get then you go there enough and they're like let me take you downstairs where the, the other stash is oh yeah and it's yeah. closed off to the public and you get to go downstairs and it's like just racks and racks of stuff you've never even heard of let alone that's cool. seen yeah um that's when i that's when i knew i made it big <laughs> so all the, all the stuff they can't bear to see made in the cutting boards or kitchen cabinets you know yeah. somebody, somebody yes. has to make something special with this we'll hide it away that's right for the right exactly customer right. absolutely it depends so so which of these have you kept that's what i'm curious about like which, which of these bases did you decide like this one's mine i have none of them oh my goodness well that's <laughs> i mean it's good for me because i sold everything fair enough yeah Wait. but like, like i said that that lacewood that lacewood warrior clone that i did that one was that was by far my favorite yeah that's gorgeous that's cool. There's a seven string, a single single pickup seven string guitar that I did. That was that was probably the the most fun guitar I think I've played in a while. But that was that was built for somebody, so I had to let that one go. Uh, when when you do when you do get your house, you be planning on having a little workshop space and getting right back to it. Oh yeah, awesome. Cool. You can allow yourself some more tools. You're gonna, I mean, it's, I mean, just my own personal opinion. I mean, you might want to consider 
you know, maybe adding some power to something is just to like, you know, again, just to save your limbs. I mean, you, you oh, might, yeah, yeah. You know, no, there's so much uh, arthritis that you can't play anymore. You know, that's I, I did end up getting a, a little bandsaw at one point and it wasn't enough to, yeah. I didn't have enough throw to, to cut through sideways on the neck. Yeah. Um, but I could at least cut the bulk of the bodies out and get them closer to where I needed them. So that, that definitely helped a lot. But save, save you some hand and arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you how many how many Dremel brushes I've I've burned up over the over the years, and that's um, amazing. Actually, the doing those necks with the the little handheld drill press, I ended up going through two corded drills. Couldn't do cordless because you just burn the batteries out in oh. thirty seconds and then you're done. Oh, um, that's very long. But drilling drilling through Wayne Day and Purple Heart drills don't really like that very much. How many, how many uh, Brad point bits have you broken? <laughs> Enough that I've probably got 10 different sets of boring bits and everything that are all missing one here and there. Yeah, yeah that's what happens. What yeah. happens. It's unavoidable. But no, it's the, the wood, like I said, the wood for both guitars was about the same price as a decent pickup set or the, you know a price of a single preamp. Like that's, that's not the cost. The cost is your time and the cost is, yep. you know, the rest of the hardware for sure. Yep. But, you know, I, I just, it was a huge, huge thing for me when I was able to do it, they played, I had people that actually liked them and wanted to pay me to build them, yep. had a music store that actually wanted to let me hang them up and, you know, broker them for me, so to speak. Um, See him playing on stage. I think that's so. the real payoff, right? I mean, yeah. if, if and plus, if you can make some money doing it, that's you know, it's sort of the bonus on top of it. I, I don't think anybody, at least on a like a smaller scale, is just is is in it purely for business purposes, right? Everybody, you know, that we've interviewed anyway, all but one or two, maybe two, come to think of it, um, episodes are people that are, you know, they have a day job, you know, they're working that day job. And then this is their, this is what they love to do. This is just part of their passion. And yeah. And then they can also, you know, make money on the side. Uh, but, um, there, I think, but two of them have actually been, um, you know, that's their full-time thing. They've been able to afford, you know, a staff or, you know, or building up a staff of folks, you know, to be able to do it at scale, which has been really fun to see. Um, so it's, it's fun to me to be able to just talk to people like you because we've seen, you know, the entire sort of spectrum of, you know, people that are just starting out, you know, to, to people that are, you know, they've got a, like a brand and a label, you know, that, uh, you know, that people are calling them, you know, about, and they're doing it, you know, and more of a scale, you know, format where, like you were talking about earlier. Um, and you know, just sort of seeing the entire, like running the whole gamut of, you know, of, of people. Um, so it's just been fun to, fun to do that. And, and I, you know, definitely appreciate your taking the time with us too. I, you know, I, I know this is probably not what you necessarily thought you were going to do at, you know, six o'clock <laughs> on a, on a Thursday, you know, but you know, we, we love, I, I don't know, I, maybe I just put words in Frankie's mouth here, but you know, I, I think we just love, having these kinds of conversations, you yeah. know, because, you know, the context 
you know, that we typically talk to people, you know, is really, you know, somebody's calling in and saying, Hey, you know, I'd really like to, like, I'm looking for this, or do you have that or, or whatever? And, and, you know, rarely, not always, I mean, sometimes we get photos of people with the finished product, you know, sort of it's emailing nice. in yeah. photos, which is awesome to see, you know, but rarely do we get to have an hour long conversation with somebody that, you know, is, is sort of talking through what they're, what they're doing. And, uh, so it's been, it's been fun doing that. Eventually we'll get to talk to everyone. Eventually, <laughs> yes, we're going to work our way through. That's right. That's right. Well, for, I'd say, I'd yeah. say too, for anybody that's like hesitant about, you know, taking on a full, a full custom build themselves. I mean, look on, you know, the reverbs and the Ebays of the world and look yeah. for things that are broken. Yeah. Indeed. All right. Great. Yeah. And, you know, I've got a thousand dollars. You know, I got a thousand dollar Hagstrom in there that I picked up for 150 bucks because it had a broken glue joint in the neck. And okay, can I fix that? If not, it's a hundred bucks, but it's, you know, I can hang, I can still hang it on the walls. Just the back of the neck's broken. Yeah. Um, ended well, up fixing it. Regardless, right? Yeah. Learning experience. Yeah. Um, don't know what Hagstrom uses for their finishes, but I ended up having to dye epoxy to, wow. Yeah. instead of painting it um but there again you know can I, i've never done that kind of repair can i yeah. can i do it and it's sitting in there and probably one of the best guitars i have best guitars i have to play that's awesome. um you know so try trying things like that i mean there's nothing's nothing's insurmountable i think that's great advice too like if you want to like have a low risk project Right. You know, starting out, you get a low risk project that isn't going to cost you a ton of money and, and you know, is, is something that you can sort of play around on and, and experiment on and learn on is, is invaluable, really. So that's pick cool. up a, you know, pick up a cheap P based copy and sand the paint off of it, or maybe it's already beat up and yeah. sand it down, strip it down, buy some new electronics, you know, practice your soldering and make make the body what you want it make it something different <laughs> thank you so much we're super excited frankie and i are working really hard on putting these things together and giving you lots of interviews just like this one we just need to get some love out there in order to get this podcast surfaced and uh thanks for listening